Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary, quite incredible, quite unlike anything you may have experienced in your life. What's happening, people? You are live and direct with Rainy, and this is the Cardology Podcast, where we find out more about people in the hobby, from TCG to sports cards and beyond. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review, whether you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're tuning in from. Now let's get down to business. It's your boy, Pat Rip Mahomes, live and direct on Cardology. Let's go. <laughs> Pat Rip Mahomes, the community hero. How does it feel having that label that you are the community hero, you're a man of the people? Man, that's the best part about it. That it was the people's vote for who the thought has done them, you know, a lot in the community. So it feels great to be sort of acknowledged uh, and appreciated. Um, you know, I've said this you know, numerous times before that if you go back to my first video and YouTube, my first ever stuff, it was always just showcasing the uh, the hobby. So you know, it was always, I never said I was content creator. I just taking footage of shows so people could see that it was shows out there and and that was sort of I think people acknowledge that like hey you're doing a lot just let us know the shows and you know, I went around all and the whole the whole country we got to take you know, going to shows and um yeah. just recording them and stuff like that. So so everyone knew that the show is up and down the country, close to or near and far and they could go to them and enjoy the hobby, you know, right there for them. Well you've just said then mate you've been acknowledged for the work that you do in the community and since you won that award almost two weeks ago at the Scotland Card Show and try to f- put my finger on exactly what you've done for the community. Jesus Christ. So I get, <laughs> so I get played out. I was, uh, well, I can say I was, I had to, literally the next week I had to help out another show, didn't I? I had to help out there, you know, certain <laughs> certain, uh, certain baseball break at a table at a show and just, just disappeared. So I was, I was looking at his table. Yeah. You know, you know about that world, networking, mate, just get my face out there like you do. <laughs> well, I couldn't because I was up behind the table. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I thought I thought I'd give that a responsibility to the community champion. Champion, you're, you're the guy who brings the people in. So I thought if I navigate away from my table, I'll hand the you know um, mantle over to you, mate, and see how you get on. No, it's, it's the way around. You should be behind the table. I should be around the room conversing, <laughs> making sure everyone is yeah. all right in the community. No, I'll, I'll be real with you though. It's I was absolutely chuffed to pieces that you won that. You know, commiserations to the people who run us up. Um, you know, especially BP, who I've got a lot of time for, also a great mutual friend of ours. And I think that's what it's all about, man. You know, it's a lot of people in the hobby, you can call them good friends. And that's what it's about, man. It's not just the networking, it's about the friendships that you effectively see develop and unfold. But, you know, for, for you being community champion, and I'm not going to rest on this because yeah. t- I don't want your head getting too big. But um, <laughs> you know, um, what 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 does what does the word community mean to you when it comes to the hobby? I think it's the same thing it means in life. You know, community should always be a group of people, no matter what your race, religion, colour, creed is, that come together and you know, in solidarity, and sit together and help each other out. Yeah, definitely. Just build and just have those positive vibes. That's what it's all about. Yeah, each one, teach one. You know, 
no one knows everything, but everyone knows something. So if you all start teaching each other, you know, it helps us a lot. Yeah, so this is the Cardology podcast. You are the first guest. Um, I, I thought it would just work while you do me a favour after we recorded <laughs> for your podcast at the Northern Sports Card Show. You know, which um, good vibes there. Good to see a lot of friendly faces. Yeah. But I want to start off on this podcast, on the inaugural episode, by just asking you, you know, what did life look like before you were introduced to the hobby? Oof. What did life look like? Uh, I think it's difficult. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because I always say that I've been in, sort of in the hobby, I suppose, or hobby adjacent my whole sort of life because I always say that 90, like, the early Panini stickers, you know, the million stickers I used to get as a school kid, um, they were so integral to, to me as a kid, uh, especially integrated with my community where I lived. You go around, uh, you obviously don't know, you always got, got needs, swapping stuff selling a few stickers, maybe make 50p off a stick and you could use that money to go go and buy more stuff. Uh, then, again, later on in life, especially secondary school, it was massive on, in the Pokemon stuff. Uh, you know, you buy a pack, you get the shiny, and that's it, you try and sell the shiny to buy more and it just go from there. But I think there's been a, obviously a massive resurgence in sort of sports cards the last couple of years since COVID. Um, so, yeah, I think before that, it was, you know, as, a, as a national guy, lived a good, lived a good life. Now it's just ruined by cardboard. <laughs> I'm going away for the weekend up and down car, car shows. Now that's it, and um, leaving your lovely wife feeling very isolated every time you're jet setting and driving up and down the UK to go to a card show. But you know that's uh, she's, the that's... she's the real MVP. Yeah, down straight. You know, <laughs> I'm the lady, allegedly. Um, but um, you know, that's I, I think for me, like the hobby, because I've got a lot to thank for the hobby, you know, and we spoke about this the other day. I've, I've not got a negative word to say about anybody who's involved in the hobby, you know, not not on the degree where I would take things personally or call somebody out because they've got a different view or they collect something different or they're uh, pumping and dumping, which that seems to be a subject that people are touching on at the moment. Um, you know, they're just trying to make a hell of a lot of money, but I think it's important that you just let those people you know, do, do, do what they want to do, you know, you be you, 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 that's what it's all about. But, you know, would you say that with the hobby and with what you just said with previous years when you were younger, that community network was effectively just your school friends that got, got need culture. How much would you say social media is to answer for expanding the community when it comes to the hobby? Oh, massively. I mean, that's you know, not just in the hobby, in, in society in general, but yeah, especially when you're a school kid, obviously it is all just the people live in your close proximity and then you know, you're allowed to sort of go into sort of areas and then obviously the people you see at school who may not live as close to you, so you can't go see them as much. So yeah, the Monday to Friday, it was definitely school kids and, and people who live close to you, definitely. It was um, very localised, should we say. And now I'd say with social media, you've got the Instagrams, the, the Twitter handles, you know, and even the YouTubers now that you've seen it card shows. So, yeah, it's definitely um, been a massive plus as well for, for the uh, for the industry. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that we're talking with each other, we can put that down to social media, you know, the friendships that I've made. You know, I'd, I'd say a majority of the friendships that I've made outside of the workplace over the last four or five years is a result of social media. And, um, you know, and it, it also goes, it's like sort of, you can go on and on. It's like you get to know people through Instagram, 
through the Facebook groups with people buying and trading and even YouTube that you allude to. And um, I'm really interested. I'm intrigued to find out what made you go through with the decision of starting a YouTube channel. <laughs> so I have told this story before. Um, it was all because I missed the was it second? I said miss the, I think it was the second London card show. Um, just because of I just couldn't know. I think it was a train down to London. I was down there for the NFL, um, but I, just, I missed the train. Ended up getting a later one, so I missed the card show. I couldn't be going down to Solworth and for half a day, so I just missed it. I thought oh, I'll check on social, see what it was like, and. There was like literally nothing. I was like, oh, I don't anything on YouTube. So I typed in like the card show. Like, there was nothing. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of kind of bad, really, that yeah, there's nothing out there. So I was like, next time I go, I just I take my camera. And this, at this point, I had a, a DSLR as well. So I took my camera, I took my phone, did loads of Instagram that day, did loads of footage, uh, put stuff out. And it was just like, didn't know we had card shows in England. People were just messaging me or whatever. And I was like, yes. So then and that was it. I was like, okay, oh. So, so, so I do get myself then to go, go to all the car shows from that year, that kind of year, uh, and, and to record them. Um, so some people knew, because again, people seem to spend a lot of time on YouTube and maybe not so much time on Instagram to catch up with all these shows. And I thought it was just a good way of doing it. So I sort of covered two platforms of Instagram and let people know to go to YouTube to watch it. And obviously being on YouTube, we're back to the content of the car shows and obviously t- tagging up where it's from, whether it be, you know, Scotland, London, Manchester, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I see you as a little bit of a mystery shopper when it comes to them car shows. You went turn up to them. You, you are very authentic with what you say, and you know that comes across really well. And that, that's how I discovered you. I, I actually didn't discover you as a result of Instagram. It was just um, you know scrolling through YouTube, just watching it on my TV, and you know you, you can get carried away with it. It's like oh, this guy Pat Rick Mahomes, you know this. Uh, you know, this like, um, guy who's ripping off Patrick Mahomes. Um, no hate there, mate. Um, but I started watching. I thought, yeah, I'm intrigued by that. But, you know, the one of the vlogs that I watched of yours was at the London Car Show. And I'd never been to a car show myself. I think the first time that we ever met one another was at the Northwest Car Show in July last yeah. year. And yeah. I'd happened to go to a couple prior to that. Um, so, you know, it was um, great meeting you in person. And I think we might be friends forever. BFFs. <laughs> but Ooh, no, friends. Yeah. But, um, I'll be real with you, mate. Um, I absolutely love your content. I think it's original. I'd, I'd actually call you one of the OGs when it comes to um, card show vlogs, especially for somebody in the UK. You know, we're looking at our uh, friends overseas in the US. You know, there's several content creators which I absolutely love. Um, card Collector Two being one of them. You know, absolutely love watching his stuff and. Yeah. Uh, but there's only effectively been you and Dan who've done vlogs, and it's nice to see that you're starting to inspire other people and give advice to other people about, you know, taking the plunge. How does that make you feel, knowing that you are rubbing off that positivity on other people and inspiring other people to make their own content? Honestly, that's the best thing, isn't it? To, to, to know that you're actually out there doing something positive, and having a positive impact is like, what more can you want, really? Like everything else, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Like if, if I get, you know, two thousand subs or whatever, like it, the important is the impact having people. If they say, oh, you, you inspired me to pick up a camera, and go to car shows, or even just go to car shows. It's, yeah, that's like the best thing, really is. Yeah, and you know, regardless of the views or subscribers that you get, 
everyone's got to start off somewhere, you know, and the, the same applies when you get in involved in the hobby, whether it's setting up an Instagram account, starting a podcast, you know, and um, coincidence, we just happen to be speaking on one. Um, but, you know, um, vlogging, selling in trade, you've got to start off somewhere and get that first subscriber or that first follower. And, you know, you used the important word the other day, which you've got to persevere. you just got to work with it. But you've got to put that work in as well. You know, I can see that you've put a lot of work in, and this is effectively in your own time, and it appears that you have a genuine love for the hobby and you want to see it continuously grow. But just um, out of you inspiring other people, and this this is the last time that I will refer to it, you being community hero, the voters did talk. The voters <laughs> did talk, real. Um, but, you know, um, who inspires you in the hobby? Is there anyone that you look out to, you know, in terms of content or, you know, just how, how they handle themselves and, you know, spread those good vibes? Who, who exactly does inspire you? And you can't say me, mate, because that's... Oh. Too- Can I not? That's such an easy win. Such an easy <laughs> win. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know if it's like mercurial or kind of, of what, but I always, I'm always, I always say that I'm sort of blessed in the way I sort of take things and, and sort of interact with people. I always... I always take a little bit from, from everyone because, like I said, each one teach one. You know, not, not everyone knows, you know, no one knows everything, but everyone knows something. So, like, you know, I could go to a car show and meet someone for the first time, have a conversation, and just, like, pick their brains into my brains. And all of a sudden I go, okay, I like, know this guy now inspired me to do this different and, and work on that. Or, you know, team what we've done and how that came about. It was just, it was good. Yeah, and, and instead of you and I have been to shows together now, you know, we've helped out your last one, you know, we've got the next one coming up. It's, you know, the way you do things, is it's, it's, it's always going to be inspiring and it's going to be a lesson for me, whether it's a win lesson or a learn lesson. You know, it's all you do, you win or you learn. And I'm sort of blessed that there's a lot of people in this hobby that you can talk to, converse with, and sort of take things from, you know, get inspiration from or take little wins from. If, you know, if they do well, like I said, you know, if other people won awards, you know, down won awards. So you get inspired by that from winning you know, UK YouTube of the year and top learning podcasts and podcasts of the year. It sort of inspired, inspires me, motivates me to do more, be better, keep going. And, and, and I think it's just the way I'm, I'm wired up, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Just continuously develop yourself, grow. I don't think there's an end goal when it comes to discovering what the hobby is about or whatever people's hobby are, you know, is um, outside of car collecting. You know, it's something yeah. that I'm venturing myself back into doing after having, you know, probably about a two and a half break, you know, looking at collecting comics again, um, you know, I think we're just hoarders, aren't we? You know, we, we love cards yeah. and they don't take up at home. They just get scattered around everywhere. You know, that's usually the headache that I get um, at home. Like, I need to keep my cards in a particular order. Um, the Grail cards, yeah, they're, they're left out of sight. I don't want anyone looking at them apart from me. What do you like to see at a card show? Honestly, I like to see the community that put show up. That is, the, that is the thing. I always go and I'm always like, what type of community is going to be here for this one? Um, you know, I went I was at Scotland the weekend and it was totally different from other shows I've been at. And it's just a different community, different vibe. And, and you sort of notice that there's different communities, different vibes at each show. And it's the best thing to see, it really is. Yeah, and I, I still think there's a massive market to be opened up when it comes to car shows. The amount right. of people have linking in with me reaching out or during conversations that I have 
away from card shows, you know, whether it's meeting up with people face to face or speaking to them on Instagram or even via WhatsApp, is there's still a lot of people who haven't committed to purchasing an attendee ticket and actually turning up with their two theatre card show. What advice would you give to those people who, you know, you just say, you know, there's there's nothing to worry about and, you know, because there seems to be an anxiety, anxiety with a lot of people who've never attended a show and they're not entirely too sure, you know, what, what to find on the day. What, what advice would you have for those people? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's kind of funny as well how the English sort of scene sort of started to, you know, culture started to rise during COVID, um, you know, a time of where you were very secluded, very locked at home and, you know, and, and not associating with people. So that was always funny to me. And I think it was a big stigma around going to somewhere, you know, packed full of people when you've just been told, don't be standing around people, you know, by the government. So um, that was always interesting in the beginning of it all, I think, trying to tell people, like, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, it's this measures, you know, there's measures in place, you know, the London one, it was, you know, everyone was metres apart, tables separated, you know, there was only X amount of vendors there, the first London one and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think now, obviously, people sort of forget about COVID, people have bracket shows, but there's still be apprehension of, of being alone, isn't it? It's always that thing of being alone and, I think that's the best thing about going to a car show when you actually see it, you go, oh, you're never too alone because you just talk to anyone about, about anything because we're all there for the same thing, really. So whether it be a vendor and you can end up spending, like, hours with a vendor, you know, just chatting to them, you know, making deals and seeing what they're interested in because don't forget, they can't leave their table, well, apart from you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, vendors are at table, they can't release it. They can't really have a look around the shop. So they, they have something that you want but you don't have anything they want. You can always go pick that up, make a deal that way, you know, and, it's just a lot of ways to make the connections. And again, you, you, the difficult thing is obviously you don't know people's names, you know their Instagram handles. So once you get past that whole thing of, oh, I am at da-da-da, you, you realise that you've been talking to so many people for so long and uh, it is just, it's just a natural, you know, natural flow then. There's no awkwardness to it because you know 90% of the hobby and the heroes it shows. Yeah, I believe that's part of it. You know, people think that they might feel isolated when they turn up at a show, but that's just a great icebreaker oh um do you use instagram yeah i do use Instagram. what's your hand off and you discover who that person is you can put a face to the handle and i think you know from from my perspective in the shoes that i'm currently studying is instagram has got a lot to answer for you know it's brought a lot of people together and there's a lot around instagram you know um it's not a good social media platform which you know, I completely dismiss that because I've made so many connections through Instagram, even for the people that I've not met. But, you know, with card shows, the, the first one that I turned up to, you know, I went on my own and I walked away having made a few friends, you know, I'm in, in touch with now and I meet up with them, not necessarily to turn up and trade and sell cards or rip sealed wax, but, you know, just meet up for breakfast, brunch, go for a couple of beers. And that's something that we've done previously. So you actually move on from just discussing cards. Uh, but I, th- I think there is also people concerned that they're going, if they're going to a card show, there might not be anything there for them. So the one common thing that I've discovered is, especially with me being part of the baseball card community, there's a lot of baseball collectors who think there's not going to be any baseball cards at an event or a card show, which in I'd like to say, I like to say in the last six to nine months, that is starting to change. You are seeing more and more baseball at shows. For example, the Northern Sports Card Show that we both at last weekend, 
there is two tables dedicated to baseball and a third one selling a variety of baseball and sealed wax. So it just shows that it's getting better. But I do think that's another anxiety. Um, I'm not going to a card show because I collect Digimon and the only thing that I seem to see at card shows is Pokemon, which, yeah, there is a lot of Pokemon, but people do forget that TCGs is so complex now and there's a wide range of TCG. And that's what I seem to be seeing when I do attend card shows or have organised shows in the past, that there is more and more TCG, there's more baseball, there's more obscure sports that are starting to show up as well. Yeah, definitely. Again, like people need to remember, it's just, you can sort of say we're, we're in our rookie seasons there, we've only sort of been doing card shows for sort of two years, really. So, you know, a lot of people are just finding out about it, you know, and just finding out they can vend and go to these shows. So, there's a long way to go yet for for you know UK and hopefully soon we'll start getting more of a European influence. You know, the, the local European countries coming over and vending and, and selling, so we can sort of see what they collect and what they're into as well. Yeah, I'm starting to see that the fact that you're getting people from other countries flying into the UK or coming across the Channel Tunnel to attend shows. You know, at the first Manchester Card Convention, there was someone who you know, I mean, he was on a, a vacation to visit family, but actually came in from Saudi Arabia. The fact that this guy's put time aside to attend the MCC. There was a couple of guys from France. There was a guy from Italy. You know, so it, it just shows that it's starting to be recognised by people who live outside the UK. Um, I know that in the UK there has been a massive increase of shows, which is a good thing. You know, this, it seems to be a hotbed in Europe. And I know that we are competitive. Com- Sorry, our competitive like country in Europe seems to be Germany, which put on absolutely incredible events. But there's a hell of a lot of shows in the UK, and that's definitely being acknowledged by people outside of the UK. You think, oh, you know, I'll, tra- I'll travel to Manchester, I'll travel to London, I'll pop to the car show for the afternoon, and you know, I'll discover the city. You know, whatever city they're um, visiting, even you know, Glasgow, just a couple of weekends ago. So. I think people are using it as an opportunity, just like we do in the UK, an opportunity to go on a weekend away, um, you know, which I know that a handful of our friends have actually headed out to, you know, the likes of the Nordic Card Show and, you know, a couple of the shows in Germany as a bit of a mini vacation and it means to um, spend a hell of a lot of money on pieces of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I said, I'll, I'll be over in Germany soon at a few shows, so... Uh, no, I'm kind of lucky because there's a car show on and there's the NFL and obviously it's the Chiefs, so it's like a double win, really. Yeah, definitely. And in, in terms of you, like with what you collect, because I know that a lot of people will see the content that you put on YouTube and more recently the Card Show podcast. Thank you, Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for the people who don't know what you collect, what, what exactly have you got in your PC that you really admire? Oh, so, yeah, the PC is difficult because obviously with it being my home, it's like one of the most expensive PCs I have, you know, it's kind of crazy pricing for his rookie stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, I still got his, obviously, like, his you know, Domus Optic rookie, um, I got a few other stuff is his. I, I tried doing a lot of the city stuff, um, but again, it's, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but when Harlan come, obviously, trying to get his spotting breaks, whatever, was just ridiculous. And so, yeah, I just sort of, I started going back to GOAT, so I picked up a nice Novak Djokovic the other day uh, from 2000 and 
three, I think it is, which is a nice one. Obviously, Serena. Uh, if you've got a few early Tigers, uh, Tiger Woods. So I'm just going like down the goat route, really, to PC. So after all, it's also nice for me to have as a personal collection, sort of memories, whether it be, you know, I've watched a lot of tennis over my life, so a lot of basketball, so Jordan, Kobe, sort of my goats growing up. Um, but also will hold, like, a good value later on down the line as well. And if you could have any Grail card, so it, just imagine this is real life, yeah. and unfortunately... This I'm is real life. This is... If I had you £1,000 to spend on any card, and not necessarily a Grail card, but you got £1,000, I've just handed it to you, what card are you, are you looking for? I'm looking for a flight. Somewhere sunny. <laughs> um, okay. What kind? Yeah, for a thousand. Ooh, interesting. For a thousand. Uh, again, yeah. Uh, uh, that's difficult. Again, like, so for my home's rookies, for instance, like, you're probably lucky to get a Optic Hollow, maybe a PSA 8 if you're lucky. 9,000 if, if you're really lucky. But yeah, um, ooh, that is difficult. Ooh. I would, what would I do? I'd try and get something iconic, maybe, like the 86 Flair Jordan. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me put this in context. I think a 2.5 went for $2,000 just under, so I'm probably going to be hoping for someone to have a Raw or, you know, an SGC 1 or something. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to, like, oh, like, you know, you've got the Ken Griffey, for instance. Like, there's certain iconic yeah. cards that we know in the hobby are just iconic no matter what sport, you know. Um, so yeah, I'd probably go for something crazy like that. Oh, and when when you look at those iconic cards, you know, from I'd say nineteen ninety, pr- pr- prior to that year, you know, which some of them are, you know, m- massive cards. And you know, I've, I've got a hell of a lot of love for that Ken Griffey Junior. Oppie Deck card, you know, the Flair eighty six Michael yeah. Jordan. Um, it, it, prior to that, some of the um, uh, earlier um, baseball cards and even the uh, football. Yeah, Mickey Mantles, yeah. Uh, it's- Oh, Jacksons, yeah, it's just so many. Stanley Matthews, all that football, um, Bobby Charlton, you know, the, the the first known like cigarette cards that were printed. Yeah. You know, with, with, um, you know they are massive, but when, when you look at modern day cards, what what do, what cards like even the base card because that's what we're talking about right now. But the modern cards, especially in the last five to ten years, what what do you think would be those iconic cards who hold the value or even likely increasing value in another 20 to 30 years what kind of players are going to go on and have those iconic cards Ooh. I think because soccer I'm going to say soccer I know I'm English I shouldn't but because soccer has been such a such a rise and obviously with Messi going to USA they're having the World Cup uh, shouldn't grow the hobby over there you got to look at like the 2017 2018 Chrome it would be treble uh, the the 2014 World Cup prism, yeah. Um, them sort of stuff. That, that I think that could be like iconics because of how early on in soccer that sort of stuff was. Um, there's been some nice designs. It's going to be interesting because obviously with fanatics and the license changing and you know if they bring back like NFL and that sort of stuff, it's going to be kind of crazy. So you know, we might see less of sort of the Panini products if they don't work out a deal there. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that could be some where people. You know, let's face it, if, if the whole Panini thing doesn't work out, Prism, like people love Prism and, and Select, and they might look back at it and go, "How beautiful that was!" We not had it for so long because Tops and uh, well, Fnatic and Panini couldn't work out a deal to sort of 
get that sorted. So yeah, it could it could be something like that as well. Like yeah, a, the last the one card that I'm thinking is the um, Haaland um, rookie card. It's the um, Red Bull Salzburg card, isn't it? But yeah, there's it, a few stickers in before that as well. But yeah, the card yeah. is. I mean, that's that's one player. He's gone being an absolute monster, which which he has been from day one. I think that is one modern day card which will go on and be iconic. I mean, even before that, I know I know it's uh, I think it's 1996, isn't it? The David Beckham Man United sticker. Yeah. So that's one which, when you look at the value of that card, only 18 to 24 months ago to where it is now is absolutely insane how it's increased in value. Do you, do you not think with Haaland though, like the fact that he probably won't play in World Cups is going to hinder him because he's not getting get the eyes on him? Potentially. That's yeah, like that, Mbappe, Mbappe, who's probably going to lose Real Madrid, one of the biggest teams. You know, obviously, or probably going to break the goal-scoring record at the next World Cup for the most goals in, in World Cups. You know, he's, you know, he's he's on fire that kid. I just, yeah, I think Mbappe's probably better for that thing. Yeah, in every product, which is the downside, sort of drying him out now. Yeah, like, it's becoming more saturated, isn't it? You know, the fact that yeah. NFL, NBA, soccer, a player in the rookie season has, you know, like dozens and dozens of rookie cards. So whether Haaland or Mbappe's cards are going to be more iconic, where it's going to be a particular one, where it's going to be one of the foosball stickers in their rookie season. I think the the rookie stickers of theirs will be more valuable than the rookie cars because there's so many of them compared to, you know, the the likes. I mean, you, you just said that Haaland, will it be an iconic card or sticker because he might not head to a World Cup? I mean, look look at George Best, the price of his cards. Yeah, I, obviously what I mean by that is obviously with Haaland, there's a lot of eyes on him. I mean, obviously just on the treble in the English Prem and his, and his prices are where they are. It's like, really now... For the eyes of the US to really think, you know, this is you've got to be, you know, that's what cops in America it needs to be there so people can see you live and direct more often. And like I said, you're going to see Hart, you're going to see Mbappe there, he's going to break records over there. Uh, you're going to go to Real Madrid, which is obviously yeah. a bigger sort of team in Man City and in global rights sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting again. And I also think with the whole Leaf contract with Harlan's autograph, where they're just loaning him out and Obviously, Tops and Pini are just lapping it up, so every product is just getting Haaland orders to death now. It's kind of bringing his auto prices down as well because they're 10 a penny pretty much. I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions, however, they might Ooh. not be quick fire answers. I'm a slow minded person. <laughs> yeah, but, um, for the people who don't know, outside of the hobby, what do you enjoy doing? Ooh. Uh, I enjoy a lot of things. Um, I enjoy uh, I enjoy boxing. Uh, something's been in the family. My dad did. Um, he actually turned pro. Something I do for a long, long time. So, so yeah, uh, I enjoy that. Obviously, now my my old age, I uh, I give back more. I'm a bit more of a helper, sort of coach guy um, when I can. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably my biggest sort of hobby passion. Obviously, I like all sports. There's not many sports I don't play. Um, yeah, I like I go for long walks as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, so it's nice. That's cool. I'm a dog. Yeah, I'm a dog, Fine. really. Yeah, it's just, it's just nice. Especially beach walks. Yeah. Beach walks. 
If you could change one thing about the hobby, what would it be? Oof. I think I think last time I said like the pettiness. Yeah. Uh, probably, yeah, I'm probably gonna stick with that. You know, there's a lot of pettiness. I mean, I get it. Not everything's gonna go your way, and people wanna run and raise. But you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that because of the pettiness holds the hobby back. I know there's been this instance with, you know, with people that run car shows that are trying to progress the hobby and someone doesn't like a certain move and that's it, they get DM'd about, oh, why are you doing this, that, and the other? And it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's a great move for the hobby, but just because you don't approve this one person or this one company or whatever, then it brings it all back. It's just, yeah, it's a bit of a shame sometimes. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's nice to know that a majority of people in the hobby are absolute superstars. Um, but it's, it's sort of like playground tactics, isn't it? You just got, you just got to ignore it. You, you can't argue with stupid, so you know, ignore that pettiness. And life's already hard enough as it is without those negative Nancys, you know, trying to like worm the way in. But you do find that those kind of people don't stay in the hobby for too long. Yeah. yeah. So um, I want an answer on this and. Oof. You know, I might be putting you on the spot, but what is the one prospect or up-and-coming player in any sport that you're looking forward to investing in, or who would you advise people to invest in? <laughs> uh, listen, I'm, my advice is don't be, don't be investing in prospects. Um, yeah, I, I don't give financial advice. So, yeah, I'm going to spare that part of the answer. But... um. There's a few people, obviously, obviously Ellie Mania is kind of crazy. Um, it's been fun to watch because he's a character as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just such a risky game when you're prospects. You know, compared to the goats and look at the prices, you know. Um, but yeah, is, who is who I'm looking forward to watching? I think, although I don't think it's going to play out how everyone thinks it's going to play out, Victor and Minyama is going to be fun to watch in basketball. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Check come back as well, so he didn't play the whole last year. So you're going to have two sort of seven foot gangly guys, you know, both doing all right in the summer league. Um, so that, them two are going to be interesting. Uh, soccer wise, it's kind of weird to still come across it, but Phil Foden, he's, he's, he needs to step up a little bit more now. You know, I, I think Saka's going to be interesting to watch this year, having that experience of being so close to winning the title and taking it away from you. How do you come back from that? Do you come back stronger? Uh, NFL-wise, let me think about that. Tennis-wise, Alakraz is obviously the guy at the moment. Um, I, I find FNL, uh, sorry, NFL. FNL. It's in a real, it's in a real like, obscure place. I, I think that the 2022 rookie class was reasonably poor. You know, I just think that we were scraping the barrel with people try to prospect and hit those big rookie cards. You know, like Kenny Pinnick, Pickett, for example, I'll find my tongue eventually and put it in the right order. <laughs> um, but um, I, I think it was a really weak rookie class. Um, NBA, you know, I just feel that it's going from strength to strength. Um, people were downplaying that um, most recent rookie class, but I do think it was genuinely, you know, decent. You know, a lot of people still buying into braids, spending big money on products, but I did find that a lot of the first-round picks in last year's products in NFL, you, you can pick up the rookie autos for a reasonable price, especially compared to rookies in NBA and soccer. I mean, 
Ganacho, for example, look look at the price of his autos. And even yeah. more, I know he's not in his rookie season, but he's still a relatively young player and in my eyes a prospect. But Osama, you know, it's it's insane, his prices. But, you know, they, they're, they're proven, aren't they? And even Phil yeah. Bowden, look at him too. Did this couple of years, didn't he, with um, Dusan Vlahovic, you know, and what's he done since being Juventus? He's uh, yeah. very looking to get out, out of there. And Yeah, I'm with you with the NFL thing. Everyone got kind of, I don't say lucky, but a lot of breakers got sort of lucky <laughs> with um, Brock Purdy because I think otherwise last year's breaking would have been horrible because Pickett wasn't great and Purdy sort of went on the, what, eight and one run he went on, you know, and yeah. he, got beat, he got injured. And that's sort of everyone wanted Purdy. But yeah, it wasn't the best class. No, nah, but Purdy like, proved everyone wrong, you know, early on in the, the season. Nobody was investing in him. And it, that's Serious. such a like, Cinderella story. Just being confident. Third QB on the team. Third QB, you know. It's crazy. They, you know, um, best attacking QB out of the game. He's given his opportunity and you know, he's just he's just taking it hands down. He's he's proving everybody wrong. You know, which um, it, that's that's great for the hobby, especially for those people who were investing in Brock Purdy very early on in the NFL season. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sat on a gold mine here. Yeah, serious. So, a couple more quick player questions before we sign out. What products yeah. do you really love to rip? Oh, I'm a bit of a crazy guy. I'm not. I am not too fussed. I obviously recently just did some Topps Chrome tennis. I see Wimbledon fever. Did that with uh, with Dan. Uh, yeah. Recently did the show. Yeah, recently did the Showtime. I like. I like ripping products. It's nice. It's always. It's like Christmas, isn't it? You always retrieve what you get. You know. Um. But yeah, if you like for purely just like for collection. Uh. I mean, select prison. You know, it'd it, it like to be uh. I'd like to be a National Treasure type of guy because I do like them, but yeah, I never bought one. But yeah, I like Prism, I like Select. I think Slicia Select soccer has been really good. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's that's just Smash Prism. Select is just in, insane. I'm a massive fan of it. You know, um, with, with, with all sports, they've done a fantastic job, especially the Serie A Select. That's just, that's just being mental. You know, the print yeah. run, nice and low. The Vet autos you can get in Serie A Select are fucking unreal, you know, and you can see why the price of the hobby box is, you know, at the moment, I think it's like about $500. Yeah. I'd say it's about four, I think four fifty in more places, pounds. Yeah. That's final quick five question from me. You ready for it? I don't know. If you had to collect something outside of sports cars because I know that's what you're heavily invested in what what TCG would you Ooh. TCG interesting uh, so obviously Pokemon is goated so I think that's always a safer investment uh, I do have some Yu-Gi-Oh boxes up in the loft uh, some ghosts from the past uh, first the first one in not second one in I uh, had them up in a loft uh, but also I think One Piece is coming on strong at the moment yeah, definitely. Prices for that, man. I've, I've invested in quite a lot of One Piece. Um, I do find that TCG heads tend to invest but keep hold of products rather than trying to dump and pump. And, 
you know, like flip reversing, you know, making a little little bit of profit. What, why do you think that is? I just think it's more of a collector base. Um, you know, the, all the Pokemon people and Pokemon collectors are just so heavily involved in, in Pokemon as a franchise, whereas you would probably get a lot of people that are into, like myself, who support Man City, but I also support Kansas City Chiefs. I also support the Lakers. You know, it's I'm not as adverse to collecting one thing as, you know, it's kind of easy for me to just buy a few things. Oh, I can sometimes get a bit bigger PSA 9 or 10, whereas Pokemon yeah. collectors collect it, have the Funkos of it, have the plushies of it, have, don't care if it's graded, have it in a binder. You know, it's, it's all about the collection for them people. Yeah, definitely. Like little pieces of artwork, and that's effectively what draws yeah. us towards being part of the hobby, you know, especially me being a big sports card head, you know, primarily baseball, a little bit of soccer, NBA there, but for TCJs, it's even licensed products, some of, some of the card fun releases, um, especially the Disney and the Star Wars, it's, it's it's incredible to look at. So I do find it's more artwork rather than, oh, um, I've got a player here, you know, he's going to make it better, so I'm going to, going to try and to invest. But anyway, um, we're going to call it there, mate. One final thing from you, where, pe- where, where, where can the people find you on socials? Oh, every social from Instagram Threads, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok is Pat Rip Mahomes. Um, I don't have anything separate for the card show that is all just on the YouTube and um, obviously publication on the uh, Instagram. They'll be found on Spotify and Apple, uh, and that's it. That's big, man. And I just want to say to everyone who is tuning in, please do check out Pat Rip's podcast, The Card Show. Um, one final thing, I did say it was finally us wrapping up, but <laughs> one more question that I do want to ask you. What hobby-related podcast do you like listening to? Uh, cardology, obviously. Cause I'm on <laughs> <laughs> so, Cardology, because I'm on it. Uh, what do I listen to? I listen to, I listen to Card Talk Pod, I listen to Totally yeah. Podcast, uh, I listen to Soccer United um, and Sports Car Strategy Show. Probably my four, I'd say. That's a nice variety. I, I do love Soccer Cards United. I've met them at a few shows, really good lads. Yeah. I've, ne- I've never met them, but it's something to do with the accents. It's that Irish accent. I, I just follow <laughs> by listening to, listening to their tones on the podcast. Uh, well. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there, man. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Right, pleasure and honour to be the first one on the Cards of Podmanis. Great. Yeah, the time as well. I, I can't let you, you know, um, get in too much exposure. You already do that off your own back, you know. But um, I, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll consider it again. How can I turn down the community hero? Oh, Jesus. I don't well, you know. You just be on my part, so it's only right that I'm on yours, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Ideal guest as well. You know, I've got an, an award winner. Thanks for chewing the fat with me. And, anytime. Uh, anytime. If you enjoy the pod, please leave a review wherever you're tuning in from or just drop me a line on Instagram at CardologyPod. And, um, yeah, all the best. Big love, Pat Rip. All right, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.